Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Another beautiful morning. Praying that uh, you're being blessed and you guys up in the cold are not getting it too bad yet. We're dropping down into the mid-70s here in Puerto Vallarta. It's getting quite nice and the humidity is dropping too. So lots of people back in town. Lots and lots. It was so great to see them. Well, we are in Ezekiel 11, 12, and 13 and 1 Timothy 6 if you guys want to look for your place. And let's pray and get into the word Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing and also guiding us. We need it, Father. We need your spirit to be guiding in these days. And it's difficult to understand the things that are coming upon the world right now. So thank you for what we have in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 11, verse 1, Moreover, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the Lord's house, which faced eastward. And behold, there were 25 men at the entrance of the gate. And among them I saw Hazaniah, the son of Azur, and Pelatiah, the son of Beniah, leaders of the people. He said to me, Son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and give evil advice in this city, who say, The time is not near to build houses. This city is the pot, and we are the flesh. Therefore prophesy against them, son of man, prophesy. Then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Say, Thus says the Lord, So you think, house of Israel, for I know your thoughts. For you have multiplied your slain in this city, filling its streets with them. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Your slain whom you have laid in the midst of the city are the flesh, and this city is the pot, but I will bring you out of it. You have feared a sword, so I will bring a sword upon you, the Lord God declares. I will bring you out of the midst of the city and deliver you into the hands of the strangers and execute judgment against you. You will fall by the sword. I will judge you to the border of Israel, so you shall know that I am the Lord. This city will not be a pot for you, nor will you be flesh in the midst of it, but I will judge you to the border of Israel. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord, for you have not walked in my statutes, nor have you executed my ordinances, but have acted according to the ordinances of the nations around you. Verse 13. Now it came about, as I prophesied, that Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, died. Then I fell on my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, Alas, Lord God, will you bring the remnant of Israel? To a complete end. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, your brothers, your relatives, your fellow exiles, and the whole house of Israel, all of them are those to whom the inhabitants of Israel have said, Go far from the Lord, this land has been given us as a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, though I had removed them far away, among the nations, and though I had scattered them among the countries, yet I was a sanctuary for them a little while, 
in the countries where they had gone. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries among which you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. When they come there, they will remove all its detestable things and all its abominations from it. And I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances to do them. Then they will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts go after their detestable things and abominations, I will bring their conduct down on their heads, declares the Lord God. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them, and the glory of the Lord of Israel hovered over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood over the mountain, which is east of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God to the exiles, in Chaldea. So the vision that I had seen left me. Then I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. So yesterday we looked at how the presence of God or his glory, his Shekinah glory, left the temple and it slowly went out to the edge of the city as God is showing Ezekiel, the necessity to to deal with the leaders who led people in their idolatry. And assures Zechariah with this horrible, horrible scene that he's seen that there would be a remnant that would come back and very much applying to the future days when God brought Israel back to the land in 1948, reestablished them and all the way up until his second coming that there would be a regathering there in Israel. But now the spirit, his presence, his glory is leaving Israel and saying, I'm just leaving. I'm going to let it be trampled upon. And now Ezekiel is brought back and he's being able to tell the people that are already there in Babylon, this is what the Lord showed me. This is why we're going through what we're going through. We need to pray and intercede and ask God for forgiveness. Chapter 12. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, you live in the midst of a rebellious house, who have eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, prepare for yourself baggage for exile and go into exile by day in their sight, even go into exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious house. Bring your baggage out by day, in their sight as baggage for exile, then you will go out at evening in their sight as those going into exile. Dig a hole through the wall in their sight and go out through it. Load the baggage on your shoulder in their sight and carry it out in the dark. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I have set you as a sign to the house of Israel. I did so as I had been commanded by day. I brought out my baggage like the baggage of an exile. Then in the evening, I dug through the wall with my hands, and I went out in the dark and carried the baggage on my shoulder and in their sight. In the morning, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel the rebellious house said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, this burden concerns the prince of Jerusalem, as well as all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, 
I am assigned to you as I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile, into captivity. The prince who is among them will load his baggage on his shoulders in the dark and go out, and they will dig a hole through a wall to bring it out. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land with his eyes. So I will spread my net over him, and he will be caught in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon and the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. I will scatter to the wind all who are around him, his helpers and all his troops, and I will draw out the sword after them, so they will know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and spread them among the countries. But I will spare a few of them from the sword, from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may tell all their abominations among the nations where they go and may know that I am the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with trembling, and drink your water with quivering and with anxiety. And say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God, concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem, in the land of Israel, they will eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water with horror, because their land will be stripped of its fullness on account of the violence of all who live in it. The inhabited cities will be laid waste and the land will be at desolation. So you will know that I am the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, what is this proverb you people have concerning the land of Israel saying, the days are long and every vision fails. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, I will make this proverb cease so that you will no longer use it as a proverb in Israel. But tell them the days draw near, as well as the fulfillment of every vision, for there will no longer be any false vision or flattering divination with the house of Israel. For I, the Lord, will speak, and whatever word I speak will be performed. I will no longer be delayed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord. Furthermore, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, the house of Israel is saying, the vision that he sees is for many years from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever word I speak will be performed, declares the Lord. Now we know from the last chapter that they were about five years out from this happening to them, and assuming that this chapter is coming right after the other one, they're under five years before this comes about. So they could no longer say, this will not happen. So it's quite astounding, the accuracy of this, when you look at this. And when you look at here in, 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 on 12, we see that we even have the prophecy of Zedekiah and his attempt to escape out of the city, that God has says, your king is going to and flee by nighttime. And he's going to be captured. And when he is captured, they're going to put out his eyes. He's going to be taken to Babylon, but he won't see it. The accuracy of these prophecies is astounding when you stop and think about it. And all this has been given to them. Imagine if this prophecy could get back to Zedekiah, if it did. I don't know if that to be true, but all of this was an attempt basically to give them five more years, give them one more chance to repent, but they would not. All right, going on to 
13 now. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy, and say to those who prophesy from their own inspiration, Listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets have been little foxes amongst the ruins. You have not gone up into the breaches, nor did you build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. They see falsehood and lying divination, who are saying, The Lord declares, then the Lord has not sent them, yet they hope for the fulfillment of their word. Did you not see a false vision and speak a lying divination when you said, The Lord declares, but it is not I who have spoken? Therefore, Thus says the Lord God, because you have spoken falsehood and seen a lie, therefore behold, I am against you, declares the Lord. So my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and underlying divinations. They will have no place in the council of my people, nor will they be written down in the register of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel, that you may know that I am the Lord God." It is definitely because they have misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with whitewash. So I tell those who plaster it over with whitewash that it shall fall. A flooding rain will come and you, O hailstones, will fall and a violent wind will break out. Behold, when the wall has fallen... Will you not be asked, where is the plaster with which you plastered it? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will make a violent wind break out in my wrath. There will also be in my anger a flooding rain and hailstones to consume it in wrath. So I will tear down the wall which you plastered over with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation is laid bare when it falls you will be consumed in its midst. You will know that I am the Lord. Thus I will spend my wrath on the wall and on those who have plastered over it with whitewash. I will say to you, the wall is gone and its plaster is gone, along with the prophets of Israel who see visions of peace for her when there is no peace, declares the Lord God. Now you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who are prophesying from their own inspiration. Prophesy against them. And say, thus says the Lord, woe to the woman who sew magic bands on all wrists and make veils for their heads of persons of every stature to hunt down lives. Will you hunt down the lives of my people, but preserve the lives of others for yourselves? For handfuls of barley and fragments of bread, you have profaned me to my people to put to death some who should not die and to keep others alive who should not live. By your line to my people who listen to me. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against your magic bands by which you hunt lives. They are as birds, and I will tear them from your arms, and I will let them go, even those lives whom you hunt as birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people from your hands, and they will no longer be in your hands to be hunted and you will know that I am the Lord because you disheartened the righteous. And with falsehood, I did not cause him grief, but have encouraged the wicked not to turn from his wicked way and preserve life. Therefore, 
You women will no longer see false visions or practice divination, and I will deliver my people from your hand. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. So just backing up for this old headband stuff gets, gets started. Just wanted us to, to look at one or two things. These false prophets um, were prevalent in his day, and uh, apparently they were very good at, con- at confusing the people and saying, no, 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 they were preaching peace, peace, um, when there was no peace and calamity was coming. And so God says it's going to be a, a great judgment upon them. So they were apparently a, a lot of them were in Jerusalem, and the, but there was also those among the captives in Babylon. And whatever bands these are, or handkerchiefs, the women were using them for some type of magical or mystical uh, ritual and, and doing it for bread, doing it for payment too. It's kind of like the one nine hundred um, line uh, astrologers and stuff. And and by that, people were trying to divine and say, "Are we going to make it through this whole thing?" And they were and they were giving them answers, but God says, "I'm against you." And so God is going to confuse the the lies that were going through them, and he's and he's telling Ezekiel, "Stand up, and say the truth that I am not in their lips. I am not prophesying this peace." And boy, is, there's a lot of false prophets today that prophesy in their own uh, in their own strength, so to speak. And they're on the internet. They're on you know the health and wealth channels that God is prophesying that he's going to give you. I'm prophesying that God's going to make you rich as long as you give us all your money. And uh, they do all these ridiculous things. Everything has to be checked out by the word of God. And when people are saying peace, peace, then will come the destruction essentially. And, and we're moving into a time with everything going on with Israel and with Ukraine and Russia. Watch for something to happen where all of a sudden there's going to be people all over the place saying peace, peace, and even supposed Christian prophets or something are going to be saying, oh, look, <laughs> there's peace now. God's kingdom is coming, and then the end will come. We know that that is when the Antichrist is going to rise up, and that is when we're going to see everything change, and going, and we are going to be taken out of here. We're going to go into the tribulation and all these things are coming upon us very quickly, quicker than I ever thought we would see them. All right, let's move over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they're brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicion, and constant friction between men of depraved minds and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. 
We have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all these things, and of Christ Jesus who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandment without stain, or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Verse 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge which some have confessed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be to you. Amen. Again, Paul ends this letter as he started it with some great practical counsel on how to survive in the church, how to thrive in the church, how to bless one another in the church, and doctrinally how to make a stand and also to admonish one another. And in this chapter we see that there is a big focus on people that are wealthy and that are rich and the snares. And uh, he doesn't say you cannot be rich. He doesn't say he reprove the rich in, in the fellowship and tell them they're in sin and go give out their money. He says, no, just warn them of the dangers of their riches and to be rich towards God. It is a difficult thing to have money that you can easily get conceited or fix all your hope on your money. And thankfully, there are people that are in church that bless the church with their wealth because they're not conceited and have not fixed their hope on the uncertainty of those riches. They know that God gives and God can take away, and that as much as God blessed them, he could easily turn around and take it away the next day. And those men are a blessing to be around because they don't demand some kind of higher uh, position and authority and respect because of their money. They just realize they're servants of their God who gave them a stewardship. And that's really what it's all about. And here's this young guy. He's telling young Timothy, hey, these guys that get all this money, you, Timothy, instruct them to be rich in good works, be generous, be ready to share. Tell them how tricky money is and how it ensnares us. And here in Vallarta, we see this. You can make a ton of money here. 
in the right business. Certain parts of real estate, certainly timeshare if you're a closer and in, in the hotel business, if, if you're owners and you, you build structures, man, you can make a ton of money here. I've only seen very few that can handle it as Christians. It ruins most. It really does. This is why it's so apt to pray, Lord, give me neither riches or poverty. Just give me enough. Because I don't think I could handle it. If, if somehow I was starting to get dumped on a half a million every six months or something, boy, Lord, help me. I don't. I think I would probably fix my hope on the dinero of the money and not on the Lord. I could easily go astray. So we need to be careful that some of us have been blessed with very good jobs. We may not consider ourselves wealthy, but in light of the world's standards, hmm, we might be. Be a good steward. Be careful that it doesn't suck you in, that all your hope doesn't go to your riches, and you spend all your time thinking about how you're going to spend it rather than thinking about how you're going to bless other people, how you're going to use it for the kingdom. Be wise, obviously. Be very wise. Get good counsel. Too many people with good intentions have done really dumb things with their money, unfortunately because they've not prayed over it. They want to be good stewards of it, but sometimes they rush in to throw their money at things, which they shouldn't, with good intentions, but not the Lord's will. So, uh, you know, being here in Israel and the temple about to go down and be destroyed, you would, <laughs> it wouldn't be a good time for a rich person there in Jerusalem to say, hey, hey let's fix the temple. It looks like it needs some maintenance without getting it on his face and realizing it's not God's will that God was going to destroy that thing. So... Keep, keep your heart um, sensitive, serve the Lord, but be careful of how you use your riches. All right, looking over to Charles Spurgeon this morning. From this day will I bless you, Hebrews 2.19. Future things are hidden from us, yet here in a glass in which we may see unborn years, the Lord says, from this day I will bless you. It is worthwhile to note the day which is referred to in this promise. There had been failure of crops, blasting and mildew, and all because of the people's sin. Now the Lord saw these chastened ones commencing to obey his word and build his temple. And therefore he says, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider from this day, I will bless you. If we have lived in any sin, and the Spirit leads us to purge ourselves of it, we may reckon upon the blessing of the Lord, his smile, his spirit, his grace, his fuller revelation of his truth will all prove to be to us an enlarged blessing. We may fall into greater opposition from man because of our faithfulness, but we shall rise to closer dealing with the Lord our God and a clearer sight of our acceptance in him. Lord, I am resolved to be more true to thee and more exact in my following of thy doctrine and thy precept. And I pray thee, therefore, by Christ Jesus, to increase the blessedness of my daily life henceforth and forever. Father, thank you for the beauty of these words, and thank you we can trust you. Those of us who come out of the world, maybe we were Christians, we're coming back, or we are now born again, there's a promise of your blessing from the day that you have established your temple in us, 
and are building us in the church, and we are growing together with other believers. You claim us as your own, and we will receive a blessing. So thank you for that. And encourage those that are downhearted, those that are sad, those that are dealing with so much stress in their life and disappointment, perhaps maybe a loved one has died, someone is very sick. Uh, They themselves are sick. Just encourage them, God. There's blessings ahead. There's always new life ahead. There's always a remnant, and you bid us to stay faithful. So, God, put your hand upon those that need it this morning and for those that need encouragement and those of us that that just are in love with you and walk with you, may you continue to reaffirm these things and help us to be the ones that bring the message of hope to the sad in heart, to those that are dealing with so much, God, and allow us to bless them. If we can, God, if it's if it's your will, direct our hands to our billfolds and our purses. Show us by your will how to help and who to help and when so it can be used for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. And we will be live tomorrow, as always, 9 in the morning. Join us. If you've never been on the live podcast, we'll be on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Just go to calvarypv.com, hit watch live stream, and we will see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you.